Welcome to the Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories about everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. I'm your host, Chien. Thanks for letting us know how you've been enjoying this podcast so far. It's been so much fun to read your comments, and we are excited to see how you've been subscribing to the podcast and rating it. Thank you so much. That really does help other folks find this podcast as well. Welcome to the second-to-last episode of The Good Budget Way, Season 1. Last time in Part 1 of Chiming and Juliet's story, we heard why they decided to move away from a place they loved, how they gave away their savings even when they knew they were trying to buy a new place, and how they sold the place they had been living in, which left us with several questions. One, where were they going to live? Two, how were they going to pay for it without savings? And three, how their kids would feel about leaving the friends they loved. So if you haven't heard that episode, definitely go back and listen to it so that today's episode will make a lot more sense. Today, in part two, we'll get answers to all those questions. We'll also hear how they budgeted with a why with even more families. And at the end, they'll share how they feel about this decision two years later. You figured out who you're going to sell to. Um, you still haven't quite figured out the financial thing about how you're going to buy a new place without savings. You have some equity, but not extra savings for this more expensive market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, specifically, you you don't actually know where you're going to live next. Um, so right. with all of this, and especially you're talking about the context of San Francisco and Bayview in particular being an expensive or more expensive place to move into, um, how did you figure out um, what type of home you would be looking for in the Bayview? One interesting thing about the Bayview is that the the prices were increasing because they started from a lower base. Okay. Uh, the Bayview Hunters Point neighborhood in particular um, is a neighborhood that's probably safe to say that's one of the under-resourced and uh, places within the city, mm. a place that is um, has its um, socioeconomic challenges. Um, so I think that's kind of uh, as backstory mm-hmm. to, to, to that whole uh, thing. Um, in terms of trying to find a particular place, we were then uh, in conversation with um, a few other folks um, about possibly, again, doing something similar. Um, oh, so you were a, considering a shared home, a duplex type of arrangement, potentially. That's right, yeah. Um, so it sounds like then in your it's your church community, you weren't necessarily the only ones who were thinking about moving to Bayview. Um, no, because okay. it had come out of a uh, sense that the church was ready to uh, be rooted long term in this neighborhood and uh, to have, you know, different families um, also, you know, uh, root themselves in, mm. in the neighborhood. So there were a few families at that point that were looking um, to purchase. I see. Okay. So which com- families were you talking with um, about potentially sharing a home together? One family in particular, the Kim family. Okay. Uh, we were... Uh, initially thinking about that it could be possible to live in another duplex. Mm. And we began to look at different places, um, anything from really, really small, um, like 900 square feet places that I was trying to figure out how to make that work uh, for our family. Oh, for a family of five. Right. And how did that compare to the size of the place you were leaving? Um, I think the, our, our flat was maybe 1200 square feet. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, several other duplexes. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about one of the places that you looked at with the Kims. 
one of the places was um, a three-unit um, place that you know if we and and so that at that point you know we're imagining okay so who else wants to <laughs> <laughs> who else wants to buy the third unit uh-huh. um, so that uh, yeah that was one of the places actually probably a block away from where we ended up moving okay. But, yeah. So as you're looking at these different places with the Kims, um, did you find that you were agreeing or disagreeing about the kinds of things you're looking for? Because essentially you're you're co-buying again, right, mm-hmm. with four adults mm-hmm. and then That's all the right. kids. Yeah, so that was a case where um, the more we looked, the more we realized that what the two families needed uh, were not going to be an easy match. Mm. Um, there were, um, they had younger children mm-hmm. So we kept looking, but we did wonder, like, we weren't sure that there was going to be a place that could meet both of our needs. Mm -hmm. And did you end up finding a place that met both of your needs? Um, No, ultimately, we we, uh, decided that probably what we were looking for was different enough that um, even though we were still committed to actually living really uh, within walking distance of each uh, other of each other mm-hmm. um, that it probably made sense to not try to uh, pursue a TIC arrangement a Tennessee in common where you would purchase together that's, where we would purchase together yeah yes. that's interesting because it sounds like I mean it okay in other stories right we have a husband and wife who have a disagreement and then they kind of work it out or they have ways that you know wife makes decisions over a certain part of the budget and husband makes a decision about a different part of the budget and that's mm-hmm. kind of how they work it out mm-hmm. but in your story it's your family and the Kim family have some sense of difference, right? Of what you're actually looking for. Mm -hmm. So you part ways, but you actually still have enough commonality with each other that you want to live within walking distance of each other. It sounds like you still imagine your lives intersecting with one another. Yeah, a huge amount of commonality. And we, um, we, we wanted to uh, live close. Uh, We have, uh, I think a shared heart with them for, um, for the neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, a love of a love of place that's mm-hmm. been nurtured um, in both of our families that we see, and so we definitely wanted to to see that continue. We just also knew that um, that what we were particularly looking for as families in a house uh, was different. Mm-hmm. So you still had a common sense of vision; mm-hmm. it just wasn't going to be in this this one duplex yeah, type of house. Right. Yep. Um, so. Getting back a little bit earlier, so given you were moving to a more expensive neighborhood, it sounded like you're considering a shared home, um, but maybe sharing alone wasn't going to totally solve the cost issue. Um, so in the meantime, did you like stop taking all vacations and stop doing all kind of fun stuff to you know, trim some dollars out of your budget? Well, interestingly enough, right uh, after we had um, divested our savings and retirement uh we it was summertime mm-hmm. and and you've got three the, girls the three girls were uh-huh. itching to get out of san francisco okay and so we did decide to go on a family vacation um and it what at first started with thinking about oh we could visit a friend in oregon mm-hmm. um ended up uh lots of friends in oregon through Seattle, um, asking us if we wanted to stay with them. And so we kind of, you know, house hopped our Mm. way up through Oregon (laughs) to Seattle, Uh staying with various friends, um, where we were graciously welcomed by 
Church of the Servant King in Oregon and in Seattle, uh, an old friend. Their family uh, were going to be gone on vacation, and so they said, hey, just stay at our place. And so we did, and it was great. You know, they have a... Uh, hot tub in their beautiful <laughs> backyard. And so um, it was an experience, uh, again, of receiving a lot of hospitality and generosity from others mm-hmm. um, that we didn't feel at, you know, uh, we never felt, a, we didn't feel need. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It, so it, it was an experience like, of richness. Right. It wasn't yeah. the sense of like, we just divested our savings in retirement and we can't And do now we just got to eat fun. bread. <laughs> yeah, I think in a lot of ways for us, it was an experience, uh, a very concrete experience of what Jesus says when, you know, the disciples, um, the, the followers of Jesus come to him and say, hey, what about us? You know, we've left everything to follow you. Right. And this is in response to Jesus telling them that, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to leave everything to follow me. And they say, well, you know, we have left everything to follow you. So what about us? And uh-huh. Jesus' response to them is that nobody has left houses or fields or, um, or family members that won't receive the same again, um, a hundredfold um, in, in this present time. And that was our experience, basically, that we were receiving a hundredfold houses, mm. um, but it, you know, it was other people's houses, uh-huh. <laughs> houses mm-hmm. of people that we loved and that loved us and mm-hmm. that um, were um, hospitable to us. Mm. And it sounds like both a sense of receiving generosity as well as enjoying relationships um, mm-hmm. of people who loved you and that you loved, who are sharing what they had with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, okay. So you did take vacations, but didn't pay through the nose for them. Um so was t- not taking vacations going to be enough to deal with the the price difference um, of the homes you were looking at buying? Yeah, no, that, that wasn't going to cut it. <laughs> okay, so, so where was this money going to come from? Uh, we didn't actually know. Okay. Um, but um, partway through this process, um, Juliet and I were talking and, you know, she said, well, you know, th- um, there's some folks that have, talked about giving us a gift um Mm. and to to help with housing and it would be helpful to know you know what what that amount might be Mm. um because it would really make a difference if it were x amount Mm -hmm. and Um, she had a number in mind and she had a specific number in mind and so the the odd thing was when we next saw these um these folks um they basically said well well, we'd like to talk to you um because uh we'd like to give you X. The same number. <laughs> the same number that she had in mind. <laughs> and so I think that was just another um, amazing experience of, um, of generosity, mm. um, God's generosity to us. Um, and it kind of, you know, going back to the question of, well, uh, you're looking to buy a house um, in uh, moving into a particular neighborhood mm-hmm. um, out of a sense of... Uh, God's love for the place and your desire to be in that place and to love it as well. Um, but then you're also giving away all your money. How do those things fit together? Uh-huh. And so this was part of the piece of what we did not know the answer to, mm-hmm. um, but which we also realized that we didn't have to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in through God's economy, that gave us, that gift gave us uh, a significant portion of our down payment mm. um, that we needed. Now, when we say, that we couldn't really afford to live in San Francisco. That no, that's a little bit of a 
a chosen statement because mm. um, given Chiming's salary, we, according to the banks, qualified for a very large amount of loan, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't the, but it, we were more restricted by our budget choice. Mm. Um, what kind of budget choices do you mean? I think since uh, since we've been married, one of the things that we've been um, committed to is living off of one person's salary. So that was actually, um, you know, uh, Juliet could um, get a different job that pays more, mm-hmm. um, and that would increase our capacity to um, to, to purchase. Um, but we had decided early on that one of the things we wanted to free up space for was to have time available to do things that might not necessarily be paid work. Mm. Also, I think we've we've definitely tried to make choices to be generous with what we have um, out of our budget. And I think one of the things that's been part of our conversation is something that Ron Sider calls the graduated tithe. Mm. Um, you work out what portion you know, what, what basic living expenses uh, might look like. And then as your income increases, your personal expenses don't increase to match, but mm. instead you give more and more your away. Your giving and your tithe can mm. increase. Increase. I see. Yeah. So sometimes people talk about that as like um, not falling into lifestyle inflation, right. right? Where as your salary increases, then all your lifestyle choices kind of go with it. Yeah. 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 So that was, I think, something that was part of our consciousness also as we were thinking about, well, how much house? Uh, one way to say it is how much house can we can we afford. Mm-hmm. Another way to say it is how much uh, out of our budget do we choose to spend on housing? Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, at one point, we looked at a place originally with the cams, the mm-hmm. that one that was a three unit place, mm-hmm. and we realized that when we did some calculations. Um, even though that place, the Kims couldn't see themselves moving into that place, mm-hmm. um, we thought that could work for our family. And in fact, we do qualify for a purchase of the whole thing. Like the banks would say, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would still be able to fit within our budget if we rented out the other two units. Mm, I see. So then how did you then begin to think about who those other people might be so because it, it wasn't going to be the kims at, you'd already kind mm-hmm. of decided you're going to look separately right the kims. yeah so one of the first uh people we thought of we thought of oh wouldn't it be great if the boyd family you know they've been thinking about living in san francisco um and they they did not live in san francisco at the time no they couldn't afford it okay um yeah so they're both school teachers mm. Um, and uh, they had been thinking about uh, moving to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a different story, but uh, part of it is because um, Juliet and Jeff and some other folks in our congregation are planning on starting a school. That's Jeff Boyd. Jeff Boyd, uh-huh. that's right. Um, planning on starting a school um, in uh, in the Bayview neighborhood. Mm, I see. So the Boyd family had their motivations also for moving to San Francisco and Bayview, specifically same neighborhood you were looking at. That's right. Yeah. So we approached them and we said, hey, well, what if you, any interest in renting this place with us, living with us? 
and they jumped on it. They, um, except they wanted, they wanted even more. They said, oh, "We'd love to." We and we, in fact, uh, we could do more than rent. We'd love to purchase with you. Yeah, I think one of the things that the process probably opened up for us or made us think about is that housing is a huge expense, mm-hmm. and and um, that is for everybody. For everybody, yeah, not and, just San Francisco, just around the world. Yeah, and and then housing is also um, one of those things that's a critical component of stability mm-hmm. within a community, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't afford your housing. Um, then that really tears at the fabric of a community with mm. folks needing to um, needing to move or not being able to afford rents and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, as we thought about the resources that we had been given to steward, um, one of the things we thought about is well, how can how can what we currently have at this present time with this gift and with um, uh, the, even the cash gift that had the been cash given gift to you. that had been given to us, mm-hmm. as well as um, you know the borrowing capacity that the, mm. the banks would loan to us, mm-hmm. um, how can that be used to um, allow for another family to have stability mm. uh, in their housing? Mm-hmm. So it's a sense of um, very concrete generosity that looks at homes as a place that people need to be in order to stay and be part of the larger community and mm-hmm. not kind of being pulled this way and that by different housing prices, whether it's rental prices or um, sale prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at this point, it's probably clear that that, that you know, generosity is um, begotten out of generosity that we've mm-hmm. experienced, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the Boyds were excited. They wanted to not just rent from you, but to buy with you. So Tell us about some of the houses that you looked at with the Boyds. Um, well, there's this one house um, that looked like a castle. It was like actually, literally a castle. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> it had turrets. It had turrets. Oh my goodness! And <laughs> <laughs> it turrets in a big backyard. And this was at the point where our oldest daughter um, was still in the "I want to live in the garage" phase. Oh um, right, she was the one that said, "I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the garage." Right. Uh-huh. So I think I think that house was probably one of the tipping, you know, b- began kind of a tipping point for her, right? Because she was uh, she she's really int- into this one series um, uh, where it's about being a ranger, which uh, is a, a, a book, book series, series. A book series. Okay. Ranger's Apprentice. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do rangers do? Um, well, apparently they they. Um, are archers? <laughs> I, I don't actually know archer tracker, um, but uh, archery was a was a key part of that. And okay, so, and they live in castles. Uh, well, no, they don't actually live in castles, but the turrets were convenient. Oh, um, I see. Okay, I think I'm starting to put it together. Right. Yeah. So, so as we were at this open house, um, our daughter um, was imagining um, her, and then one of the the Boyd sons. Um, uh, up in the turrets and, <laughs> and shooting arrows in the backyard. It's like so, at, so their, that, at their other siblings. That's right. Well, I don't, I, yeah, we I don't would know. prevent that. Right. Okay, but that's that started to make the whole idea of moving more palatable. I see. Which answers <laughs> one of the earlier questions, right? About you were going to move not with the Fongs, and the kids were sad about that. Right. Um, so there's kind of this newfound joy in the possibility of living with the Boyd family. Yes, they mm-hmm. were very excited about uh, the Boyd family. That might have been the only thing to console them from the loss of the Fong family. <laughs> <laughs> so did you buy the castle house? Um, no. We got outbid by, uh, I think the winning bid was 30% over list. Oh, okay. So did you end up buying a place with the Boyds, though? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, it was, uh, 
uh, a large it's it's basically a large house it's not a duplex it's not a duplex oh, okay. yeah it's um it's a large house and it, you know it wasn't exactly what we were looking for um to begin with we were looking for more of a duplex um situation mm-hmm. where there's more separation separate front doors separate kitchen separate everything that's right yeah separate um tiffs with your siblings and parents <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, the um yeah, living in one one house definitely um is uh, much more um uh, shared life, life overlap. Uh-huh. Um and so uh but we were glad to be able to find a place. And how long have you been living there with the Boyd family? Um it'll be two years in a couple of months. Oh wow. So how are you feeling about it now after a couple of years of being together? It's great. It's wonderful. Um really enjoy we enjoy um the boyds are super musical mm. um so uh one of their daughters annie plays guitar she'll sit in the living room and play guitar and you'll hear um beautiful harmonies uh kind of waft up the stairs it's it's wonderful nice so you get live music at home yes we get nightly concerts um <laughs> and also i think they help us to be in that neighborhood mm. Jeff and John Mark in particular, although all of them, they have a way of um, easily meeting new people mm. and finding mm. common ground. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, whereas I might be more shy and reserved, they, they definitely help me to know our neighbors, um, mm. to feel at ease in our neighborhood. So yeah, I think that's really beautiful because it gives this color of not just that you help each other be in the neighborhood because of the financial arrangement, mm-hmm. um, but there's a sense of the different kinds of people that you are enables you to build relationships in the neighborhood. And, and earlier you were talking about the fabric of a community to become part of the fabric of the community together. Yes. That's yeah, really beautiful. Like John Mark plays basketball at the local mini park. Right? Uh-huh. So he's constantly bringing his friends, um, you know, different folks that come over uh-huh. and um, have dinner, um, hang out. And so, um, I think there's, like Juliet said, there's an ease with which, um, they in particular meet folks that Mm. we probably don't have a similar kind of ease. Mm -hmm. Um, but once, uh, those relationships are, are started, Mm -hmm. then, um, we have the ability to also share in those relationships Mm -hmm. and, um, really get to know folks. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lot of this also has to kind of do with a sense of common vision, right? Of what does it mean Mm -hmm. to um, not just choose a particular neighborhood, but build relationships and go deep with folks. Um, That It sounds like really comes out of your church um, community together with all the families that you've mentioned. Right. The Boyds, the Kims, the Lou's, the Fong's, you. Yes. And that's just five families out of this church, but. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Um. Well, so I just ma- named five different families, right? And, and you had like some different kinds of financial transactions and relationships with these five families that are fairly close with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you recommend these kinds of financial ties and arrangements to just, you know, folks, all of our listeners, like go out and find someone to buy a house with? Um, I think that, you know, our financial choices, they really are a reflection and a result of a lot of other little choices Mm. to uh, be a community Mm. and to share life together Mm -hmm. so um so so you're not recommending going on craigslist to find any family to share a house with and purchase together right but if 
in all the ways that we can continue to build, uh, you know, um, a common understanding and even just common life. Um, moms being at the park together with their kids mm-hmm. and uh, carpooling mm-hmm. to different places or going grocery shopping together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are all the 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 ways in which that um, that community life and that trust and that partnership is built up mm-hmm. and and lots of um, and and I think our church in particular happens to be strong in um, studying the word together and and therefore being uh, in conversation and being shaped together in common vision. I see. So you're having Bible studies together with all these families, and that's shaping everyone's sense of the kind of lives they want to live separately as well as together. I think that the life uh, that we've experienced with this kind of sharing and uh, this kind of being uh, tied to other families is Mm -hmm. really a very, very rich and abundant life. So it might not necessarily be rich in a material sense of Mm -hmm. having, you know, um, I don't know, like the typical, a lot of space um, to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not Um, living in a mansion with a huge backyard and... Right. But the the richness of the relationship uh, and the, the, the... simple joys of, of mm. the thickness of relationship uh, mm-hmm. with other folks is it really is a really rich life. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, while, you know, it's not something that you just kind of go uh, wake up one day and say, okay, well, I'm going to find somebody, you know, and uh-huh. we're going to buy a house together. And, uh-huh. and um, it is, I think, something that uh, is, is good and um, can be developed over time mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with work and with patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is the kind of uh, fruitful life that um, that that God would have us live, and uh, that we can testify to it being a really, really good life. Mm-hmm. With a common sense of vision and purpose, mm-hmm. and these relationships in your story have been built over decades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to a point where you actually can have these kinds of conversations about would we maybe buy a house together or would I sell my house to you and think about what you need Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and that process. That's really beautiful. So thank you both so much for coming and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. What an incredible story. I am so glad that Chiming and Juliet came in to tell us their story, which really is a story of five different families in their church that have such deep relationships. At The Good Budget Way, we talk about talk with people you trust. And in this story, so many times we hear them talking with folks about really big financial decisions, like buying and selling homes. And they're making choices for the sake of each other and not just for themselves. I was struck by how clearly Chiming and Juliet budget with a Y. They spend on what's truly important, putting relationships ahead of other things they might want. But it's not just them. What's so beautiful to see is this web of relationships of five families who all budget with a Y. Through their money choices and money conversations, they're all prioritizing each other and this neighborhood, Bayview, where their church desires deeper, longer-running relationships in the broader community. For myself, that really inspires me to go deeper in the relationships that I have with the people I trust. Because in their story, I really hear a sense of joy, and I would love to have more of that joy. Even though I'm probably not going to do exactly what they did, because let's face it, theirs is a rare story. I really appreciated what Juliet said. It starts at the playground. It starts by going grocery shopping together and extending generosity by having folks over for dinner. 
And those are things I can really imagine doing to go deeper in relationship with people I love. Wow, I cannot believe The Good Budget Way Season 1 is almost over. We have one final episode left, and in that one, we're going to do something a little different. We'll get to hear from you, our listeners, your comments and your questions about all the stories that we've heard this season. And you'll get to hear from us, too. So if you want to be part of the final episode of this season, go to goodbudget.com slash podcast and record your comments in your own voice. It's just like leaving a voicemail. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Good Budget Way. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe for more and rate it to help other people find it, too. And let us know what you thought of Chiming and Juliet's story on our website at goodbudget.com slash podcast. And if they inspired you to budget with a Y, head on over to goodbudget.com to get started on your budget with our easy-to-use tools. Or look for the Good Budget app on Google Play or the App Store. Happy budgeting!